welcome everybody to episode four of Ego Check uh, with the IDM. Uh, once again, my name is Michael Mallon, and today I am joined by Felix Mack, uh, also known as Phenom on Twitter and other places on Twitch. He is a member of the Vicious Syndicate, a website that is devoted to, among other things, uh, generating some wonderful data reports on Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft, which is a game that I've been playing probably more than I should over the last uh, year or so. Uh, so I was really interested in having Felix on to talk about Vicious Syndicate, what that site has to offer, and just more in general about uh, some Hearthstone content, including uh, the new content that just released in December, which uh excited about. So Felix, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Diving in, I wanted to get a sense of kind of your role with Vicious Syndicate, how long you've been with them, and kind of what, what your job is there. Okay. Um I started being involved with them probably around August to September of last year, uh, in 2015. Um, I started out just by um, adminning their weekly tournament called Tuesday Night Hype. Okay. And I actually did that for a while. And then there was some, and then like a couple of other guys came in to the organization. Um, as, as managers, and there was some organizational change uh, because of two these two new guys. Uh, we started doing one of them being uh, well, they're, they're Prozac and End of Days. Prozac being the uh, data analyst, okay, and End of Days being a writer. And when they came in, they they looked at organization and they also they, they knew the game pretty well, and they were seeing what opportunities we could uh, pursue in, in the community. And at that time, uh, Vicious Syndicate was mainly uh, running that weekly tournament to Zenai High Plus. We had a uh, Hearthstone team. Okay. But it wasn't, you know, we weren't that well known, and Hearthstone team was pretty small. And so we were looking for uh, something else to, to do. And I had always presented myself as a software engineer that's what that's what I have been doing okay. I always was looking for an opportunity to combine software engineering with Hearthstone and I always knew data analysis was was something that that could be done and and then since Prozac at end of days joined uh, and Prozac bringing his uh, data analysis skills uh, we started this data reaper project. Um, you know, I told them that Tracklebot has this API that allows me to download data from uh, users that give me their uh, API credentials. So if we just collect enough uh, uh, Tracklebot accounts from enough people, then you know we could start something. So so then you know we just uh, contacted players that we knew personally. Uh, started out with like say 30 players uh, with with trackable accounts, and then that's how we got started. I think that was, well, we're we just had our 28th uh, issue, so 28 weeks ago, whenever that was, uh, we started yeah, the Data looking, Reaper report. Yeah, I was looking back uh, through your website, and I believe the first one you posted was in the summer of May uh, 2016. So this is relatively a new feature for the Hearthstone community, and 
just for those people who maybe maybe are more casual players and are not familiar with the the Trackabot software, dumbing that down even for me, like how does that work and what does that do? What does that give you the opportunity to do on your end? So for the Hearthstone players, Trackabot is a pretty lightweight program. Um, you install it and it just runs in the background. What it does is, uh, after you play, you play Hearthstone with this Tragglebot, uh, running, it is able to capture, uh, the cards that you play during a game. And then once you're done with the game, once you're finished the game, then it will upload all the cards that have been played by yourself and your opponent. And then the final result of the game to the Tragglebot servers and, and, and Tracklebot, the Tracklebot server has, uh, stores all the data from all the Tracklebot users. And then you can then open your profile on the Tracklebot website and you can see your stats. You can see every game that you've uploaded to Tracklebot and you can see, um, you know, the cards played. You can see the results and it has other pages like, uh, statistics, that kind of stuff. It's a very uh, good program for players to use. Okay. And for, for us as data collectors, um, because Trackable provides a simple API that, uh, like I mentioned, if, if you're, if you use Tracklebot, then all you have to do is give us your API username and token. Okay. And we can use these, uh, two informations, uh, the API credentials to then just download your data. Um, so everything you see on in your profile, we can download the data. And so what I do is I download the data from all these users. I store store them in, in my database, and then I pass the data over to Prozac, who then run run them through his um, data analysis programs. And then the results are um, handed over to end of days. Then he writes up the report and combines the uh, yeah, write-ups from class experts, and then we produce the final report. Yeah, it sounds like quite the production that you have set up. And in listening, yeah. in listening to uh, you had given an interview to Coin Concede, which is a Hearthstone podcast, and it seems like you're more on the retrieving the data side of the operation. Like you get the numbers and help with that part of it, and other people take over the analysis piece. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. And one of the cool things about the Data Reaper report is, you know, one of the things that's near and dear to my heart, you know, I'm a psychologist in my day-to-day life, so I've done, like, research and have taken research methods classes and published uh, research publications in the past. You know, putting data to the different ideas, the different speculations that are that are talked about in the Hearthstone community, it's great to see some firm numbers, like what is actually happening in ranked play. And the Data Reaper does a lot of cool things where, it even breaks down the the heroes, the classes in different uh, subtypes. So you could have different types of warlock decks or different types of hunter decks, and it doesn't show up as just one clump of, okay, here's what hunter is doing, that's how they're performing. How do you guys go about breaking out what kind of deck archetype it is? Well, Tracklebot originally had, you were able to define decks in your profile and and Tracklebot would use these definitions to uh, classify the decks uh, from these uh, games. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would like just define the key cards in each archetype. You know, say Zoo Warlock, you would, you know, right now you would put in um, 
possessed villager, you would put in um, councilman, in-game boss, uh, flameman, voidwalker, that kind of stuff. And so because Tracklebot records each card played, then it can uh, compare the cards played with your archetype definitions and then find the closest match. And, and then it will classify the game as, you know, Zoo Warlock versus whatever your opponent was. And so we do a similar thing. You know, we have all the cards played. And so uh, I have, you know, a database of uh, archetypes and, and the key cards in, in these archetypes. Now Nowadays, Trackable uses machine learning to do that. Okay. Um, but we don't we don't do that. Uh, we're still using like I guess there will be rules based matching. Okay. Where like the rules are the key cards in the archetypes. But I go a little bit further than just key cards. I uh, I allow you to or us to assign weights to each card in the archetype. So because some cards are more important than others in the archetype, like. If you see uh, councilman in, in if you see councilman, that's a high indicator of zoo, uh, because Reno would not run councilman, whereas Reno would still run in-game boss. Sure. So so like uh, councilman would weigh a lot more than in-game boss uh, in the zoo warlock uh, archetype definition. And, in, and tra- so, in the games played like everything that you get from the report from Trackobach, do you? Do you even see the cards that are not played that either weren't in the no. hand or are in the deck? You just see what's played. Yeah, they, they have to be actually played. Um, okay. okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so because if if we could if we could see like the the Hearthstone would, knows your whole thirty card deck. If we could, see, if Trackabot um, records that, then it would be easier because and we can actually um, then define the decks even tighter like like right now okay let's uh miracle rule for example we we can't really uh reliably distinguish malagos and questing because only the wind conditions are different everything else is pretty much the same so if we try to separate that it, it like we would not be very accurate and and also and so that just makes the analysis uh, not as reliable. But if we see the whole thirty card, thirty card deck, then yeah, obviously we can easily distinguish between questing and Malagos. Sure. Yeah, and that that's interesting because it seems like the I mean most gate. Well, I guess there's a question I could pose to you with the data that you have. And like, what is on average like? When does a game of Hearthstone end? Like, what turn usually is it decided? And I know that's based on different you know, deck types, but on average, what seems to be the case for most games? Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. Uh, we had, we had like a duration analysis a long time ago. I think it was like about eight minutes. That's, that's the average length of a game. Okay. Um, I would guess that comes out to be like 10 turns or so. And that's, that's the interesting thing. You know, we were going back and forth earlier today online talking about the, how the game plays differently depending on what style of deck you're playing. So if you're playing an aggressive deck where you're just trying to attack the face of the other player, really ignoring trade minions for the most part, um, games can be pretty short. You're either going to win or lose pretty quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas if you play the more control 
bide your time, keep the board clear, and wait f- for like late game effects. Those games can go 15, 20 minutes sometimes. So it's it'd be an interesting data point to keep track of somehow. And I also wonder how that relates to player satisfaction. Because um, I, I think, I imagine most people want to play a game that's a little bit faster. But what have you seen, maybe not even in the data, but just, you know, you're I know you're a, a, a player and, you know, meet with a lot of Hearthstone folks. So what do you think about the time factor? Probably in general, at the pro level, players rather have games a little bit longer than than the other players uh, that are more casual or just you know amateurs mm-hmm. well i guess i guess if you're amateur play like if you're actually competitive but just amateur at an amateur level i think you probably still have similar mindset as the pro competitive players so so i guess we're com- comparing competitive players to uh casuals who only play like a little bit a week and doesn't really care about ranking up or anything. May, per, perhaps, perhaps the competitive players prefer the games a little bit longer. But then there are also a lot of casuals who like to play com- combo decks because mm-hmm. they want to they want to play with cards. They they want to draw a lot of cards. They want to you know do some crazy stuff with combos. Yeah, now that I think about it, I, I can't even really say one way or the other. I, but what I do think, though, is Blizzard would rather games not go too long. They want games to be to last uh, a predictable amount of time. They don't want, you know, the very fast game to last only say four minutes, and they don't want the long fatigue game to last like twenty-five minutes. I think they would prefer most games to be around. I guess the current average, which is like eight minutes, eight to ten minutes, and and they don't want. I feel like they don't want games to last for too many turns. I think they don't mind going to turn ten, uh, but they probably don't want it to last too much longer after that. Um, and why do you think yeah. that is? Why does that help them and their strategy? Do you think they they just don't want to have to showcase? I get okay. This is a opinionating come from me and I don't have like a lot of proof to back this up but I, I feel like Blizzard from like the, the other games they never want long games I think they hate showcasing like control warrior mirrors that go half an hour you know if they have to do that at the at the world stage like I think they, they dread that I think they want each game to to, to be uh, very tempo oriented Every turn has, has, has things happening and they want it to end, you know, maybe maximum 50 minutes, uh, from, from the start. And so it, it and it's a, they're able to like, you know, program these tournaments better if, if the, if the length of games don't vary so much and they can like, I guess, control the experience a little better. You know, otherwise they're like, ah, oh, do do we satisfy like you know the really face oriented players? Do we satisfy fatigue players? To concentrate on on either aggro or, or mid range tempo that go about you know maybe eight to fifteen turns something like that and last around 10, 10 minutes and and that way they can create a consistent part of broadcast games. Yeah, no, I think that's a a, a really 
interesting observation. And, you know, I found myself watching some of the tournaments being played. And I really find it interesting with those longer games, like listening to all the strategy and different things involved. Um, but a lot of times I'm playing, when I'm playing a game, I'm like on the treadmill or I don't have a ton of time. So I don't really have the luxury of playing 15 to 20 minute uh, games of Hearthstone because uh, there's other things I want to fit in during the day. So I, I tend to agree with you that I think they probably make design choices to keep the game from going just all control all the time. I think that would be rough on a lot of the players out there. It sounds like you agree with that. Yeah. One of the words you mentioned, and I wanted to get your thoughts from this as certainly a, a legend level player. I believe you've <clears throat> hit legend multiple times uh, playing Hearthstone. Is that correct? Yes. So you mentioned the word tempo, and I hear that word a lot And uh, in terms of what's a good tempo play, what's a bad tempo play. And again, just kind of dumbing things down, what, what does that mean uh, for players out there who are trying to improve, trying to look at the data report and understanding, okay, how do I become a better player? So if you were to become a better tempo player, what does that mean? It means you want to think about the board states after your turn. You know, whichever plays you want to make. You could, say, use a spell to remove something, but then your board, you're left with only what you had before and you don't add to the board. Whereas maybe you can just play a minion that more than challenges your opponent's minion. And sure, you don't remove that minion right away, but you have a bigger, you can play a bigger one yourself. So now your board advantage is even bigger than than before. Like say there's a three four on the board against your two one. All right, at this point you're a little bit behind. Uh, if you can now maybe you can use a spell to clear this three four, but then you can't do anything else. So you'll still be left with just a two one. But if you could play a four five. Now, your board advantage is a little bit bigger. Sure, his 3-4 can kill your 2-1, but then your 4-5 can also kill his, uh, you know, it will be 3-2 after that trade. And then you have a 4-2 and against his nothing and, you know, well, okay, he will play something else, but, you know, a 4-5 a and a 2-1 against a 3-4 is probably a little bit better than just a 2-1 against nothing. So you want to make these tempo plays that you're not playing always playing defensively because at some point you're going to run out of defensive options and you're just going to have to play your minions anyway. And then your your opponent can answer them and then now you're just going to lose the game. So it, it sounds like there's a quite a bit of like math calculations that go into how to most effectively use the mana that you have each turn, what you have in your hand. Also kind of trying to predict, okay, what cards do I have left? What am I going to be drawing into? It sounds like there's a lot to go into it rather than I'm just going to play the best card I have like on curve or according to the mana cost. At the very highest level, yeah, there, there are a lot of things considered. Like my example was just a very simple one. Sure. Something you would learn like when you're just picking up the game. But yeah, at the very, very highest level, um, when you know your deck very well, when you know your opponent's deck very well, then yeah, there are there's a lot more that goes into each turn. So I wonder, as you know, as you're you know a player competing, go going uh, up the, in rank play each each and every season, 
How do you use the results from the data Reaper report? What's what's the best way you found to use what's in there? Well, you look at the matchup uh, chart, and and it's and it's very good. It's, it's it's a huge matrix, but it has all the most popular archetypes, and then you can see the win rate of each matchup. So, say um, midrange shaman against uh, control warrior, you know you're. Uh, you can, you know, the row, you can find the row of mid-range shaman and then the column of control warrior. And then you see, uh, in that square, you know, what, what, what the uh, win rate is. And, and that way, if you, first of all, see what decks are good against what. And second of all, when you rank up, when you play on ladder, if you see a lot of something, you can look at this chart and, and try to pick a counter to, to that. Uh, architect that you're facing a lot. And so looking, I actually have the, the Data Reaper report 28 up, so the most uh, most recent one. So mid-range, mm-hmm. mid-range Shaman over Control Warrior, it's a pretty favorable matchup there. Mm-hmm. And actually, mid-range Shaman has kind of a favorable matchup against everything these days. It's right, great. yeah. So what since you've been doing this report, what's been kind of the most surprising thing in terms of you know, putting some numbers to some of the commentary that's been out there, what myths have maybe been debunked or what's been confirmed based on like some other sites who just kind of give speculation or commentary about what's happening in competitive play right now? It's the win rates because before people would just guess, oh, uh, 65, 30, 70, 30. But in reality, no matchups is ever that wide. Uh, even mid-range shaman is... Um, well, okay, it's not, it doesn't have polarizing, that's a bad example. But like even the most polarizing matchup, real stats-wise, like 60-40 is already a huge, huge uh, gap between the two decks. Uh, so that's because we have a lot of data, then, you know, we can really pinpoint uh, the win rates of, of these matchups. And also... One one really one matchup that uh, end of days had always harped on uh, being um, misconstrued by most players is the before Karazhan, Zoo Warlock versus uh, Agro Shaman. Before so after uh, Maelstrom Portal came out, obviously it's com- hugely favored for for Agro Shaman. I mean, as as much as okay, okay, I guess I shouldn't use superlatives like, but it's, it's very favorite for Agro Shaman. As someone but who's been before, playing Zoo Warlock or discard Warlock all month and going against Shaman after Shaman, I I can say that it yeah, it's favorite against Warlock. <laughs> yeah, so many board clears. It's, uh, but I just made it a point to play Warlock this month because I haven't played it much in the past, so I wanted to learn it. So, um, but yeah, go ahead. I interrupted you. No problem. Um, but before, before even before Maelstrom Portal came out, most people think Zoo was favored because Zoo can just play more minions faster. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it was actually very, very close because and End of Days has this theory of because when it's, it is harder for Agro Shaman to win, but if both players are equally skilled, the matchup was very, very close. And most players, most people felt that Zoo is favorite because the way Zoo wins is pretty simple. 
you just play more stuff than the shaman can handle, and and you just overpower them. However, the shaman could win almost fifty percent of the time, but it takes a lot more skill. Uh, you have to know when to trade, when to go face. Uh, the key is to put enough. Obviously, if you're able to just control the board better than than Zoo, then then you're gonna win easily. But the the hard part of of the Agro Shaman winning that matchup is that you have to know when to go face at the end to set up your own lethal while not just dying to the board. So that's the hard part where you have to like okay. If you're facing lethal, then obviously you got to remove something. But how much do you remove? You don't want to sacrifice too much face damage in order to remove minions. At the same time, you have to remove enough so that you're not guaranteed to be dead. So that that's the hard part for aggro shamans. So when they win, it, it's just much harder for aggro shamans to win. That's why end of days things the, cons- the the misconception out there was that Zulog was favorite when in fact it was very very close. Yeah, and the the win rate chart is is really cool to give you an idea. You know, if you're just if you're not exactly in tune with what um, cards comprise all these decks, I mean, you can get a sense of, like for example, priest. Um, if you look at the priest decks that are popular right now, although popular is a strong word, but at the most common <laughs> priest uh, archetypes are control priest or dragon priest, and you just look at the win rate chart, you can see there's a lot of red, meaning yeah. it's not favored. Whereas if you like scroll down and you look, oh, mid-rate shaman seems to be green almost everywhere. Well, if I just want to play a deck, have fun, and win some games, I should maybe do some research and experiment with mid-range shaman. Um, that doesn't mean there there's not good priest players and people who spend a lot of time in figuring out how to best use those decks. But um, I think it gives casual folks an understanding of, Here's what all the matchups are in the game, and it get, I think it gives you an idea of know what you're getting into. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, I know, talking with casual players, they hate playing against priests. <laughs> they don't like playing against priests at all. Their cards get stolen, the games go on forever, and they just feel like priest is kind of unfair um, from a lot of casual folks I talk to. But listening to pros and um, people talk about priests. They talk about it almost as this garbage class that is really hurting right now. So that disconnect is kind of interesting. I'm wondering, like, what you think about that, or if you've if you've noticed that difference between casual and professional players about not just priests, but the different thoughts on the classes in the game. Yeah, I have noticed that. Um, I think the reason for that is uh, at the lower level, players are not playing optimally their decks aren't optimal that and so they don't they're not aggressive enough for for the priest to suffer at the high level you know these everyone knows how to maximize their tempo they all have very optimized decks you know they're they're able to produce a lot of damage produce a lot of board presence then yeah you priest suffers but at the lower level when they, when they don't make good tempo plays, when their decks aren't good, they have bad cards in their decks, then yeah, the priest has time to like, you know, just sit around, steal your cards. Uh, if you don't 
play your uh, small minions fast enough, then you get the turn six, and then you can play Cabal Shadow Priest, and 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 you really and you really hate the game because uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so so that's why. So so it's just lower level players that are not able to pressure the priest fast enough for them to to swing the game around before the priest could swing the game around. Sure, sure. And, and I think the other deck running into now, which is, I think you have it listed as a, a tier two deck at the moment, um, the Spell Druid, where it's just kind of setting up just some late game brutal <laughs> turns mm-hmm. and having to put, I mean, pressure as quickly as possible on the Druid to have to use those spells just to stay in the game. Um mm-hmm. You know, I think I've made the mistake in the past of just being conservative and just seeing, well, let me see what they're up to instead of just putting as much pressure on as quickly as possible. Those are kind of things I think you learn just from playing the game and understanding, here's what my opponent's trying to do, which is really useful information if you're aware of that. Um, And I think this report can be helpful in that way if you get a sense of, if you read each class and get a sense of the strategy for each class, I think it can just improve your ability as a player just to know what you're not only what you're trying to do, but what the opponent's trying to do. Yeah. Oh, and also I just remember uh, another misconception of like the, the one thing that the data shows is that uh, the win rates at each level is pretty similar. Yeah. Because, um, you know, a lot of pros always say, oh, this matchup is, you know, too equally skilled pro level players. The matchup's a lot different from like two to low-level players, when in fact, actually, most matchups are, are very similar across the board. And, and it makes sense, because at low level, both players are not as good. So they both make mistakes, and hence, the win rates is still pretty similar in the end. Um, only in rare cases uh, are there any meaningful differences at different levels. Do you see differences in win rates at the legend level as opposed to like if you look at ranks twenty through fifteen or even twenty through twenty five? Are there have you kind of pieced apart the data in that way? Yeah, we've looked at it and and it's just all very similar. There's there's no meaning, very little meaningful difference. So we don't even we just say it, every time someone say you know. Uh, oh, this matchup's a lot different at legend level. We'll always say it's not. It's, it's they're all very similar. Yeah, and even looking at the tier rankings, so saying like, okay, this is the quote unquote best deck in the game at the moment, or the highest performing deck, like mid range shaman, which I think for people playing Hearthstone pretty regularly would say is pretty oppressive in terms of where it's at in the meta and where it is in competitive play. And it looks like the win rate is 55%. Am I reading that correctly? Uh, the power rankings? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you can expect uh, um, at the current meta if you face you know, the average meta currently. Yeah. So even that, which seems to be way overpowered right now, it's still a 55% win rate, which I don't know. That doesn't seem, statistically speaking, it seems yeah. less dramatic in numbers than it is when you're actually playing against it, if that makes sense. Right, right. So what in what from the data kind of makes a tier one or a tier two or tier three deck? Like what do you where do you split those apart? I don't know for sure. It's probably around fifty two for for tier one. Okay. 
and then 52 to 48, that's, or maybe 52 to 50, that's tier two, and then 50 to, I think if you just look at, I don't have it in front of me, but if you just look at it, it's, okay. So it's based on it's based strictly on the win rate there that's posted. The, the, the power, yeah, yeah, power the, ranking. The the ratings, yeah. Okay. So I mean, and looking at that, it gives you a sense that if you're just sort of a casual player and you're going to take uh, the Anyfin Paladin, that you know that's probably not going to be as successful than if you were to take a Secret Hunter at this point in time. Right. Just given the rankings. Okay. So. One of the things, uh, you know, I was excited to speak with you here this evening because there's a new set coming out. Mean Streets of Gadgetan expansions coming out just in a couple of days. So by the time this posts, it'll be live already, which will be uh, exciting. So what are you looking forward to the most in the new set? What cards are you excited to test out and what decks are you excited to run? I haven't really decided um, because right now I'm just focused on finishing the current month at, at a good position so I can get points, get uh, XCD points. So I think come Thursday, I would just maybe try out some Jade Golem decks. Oh, I think I definitely would try like Reno Spellcaster uh, decks, uh, Mage and, and Priest. Reno Warlock should make a comeback as well because that... uh. Abyssal, that, that uh, seven mana six six that does a hellfire. That card is very good. I feel like I was wondering yeah, that, since you brought up that card, I, I was wondering if that would even be something you would include in a zoo deck, almost as like a burst finisher type of thing. Nah, I mean if you if if you would include that card, then you would already include hellfire. But you know, yeah, hellfire zoo. So no, that's not that's not a zoo card. But a zoo, what? A zoo card that I do think is actually kind of good, or I think it's a zoo card, is the four mana five four that gives all your demons plus one plus one. Mm-hmm. Nobody else seems to like it. They, you know, they, they their first response is uh, four mana is too clunky. Well, what about Defender of Argus? You you play Defender of Argus, and that's just a two three if you don't have two minions on the board. So I feel like that 5-4, even if you just play it for no battle cry value, it's a 5-4 for four, 4. That's you know nothing to scoff at. And if you just hit one demon, like that's already extra value for sure. a four drop. And so what are you with this current season? What uh what deck are you trying to advance up the ladder with? For a while, I was using uh, Agro Shaman. At one point, I thought I I got sick of having to wait several terms after turn five to build a good Thunderblood Valiant board against, say, Control Warrior, who would just, you know, remove Brawlum all the way anyway, or after, like, it, it, it became, became, it just became very stressful to have to um, navigate the game from mid to late to, so that I could build a board that doesn't just lose removals. So I thought, well, you can just play Agro Shaman. Obviously, there were nerfs that hit Agro Shaman, and it's not the same as before. But the good thing is that uh, Spirit Claws only cost one mana. So you can play an aggro. It's not too expensive for aggro. And so your 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 deck before turn five is exactly the same. It's still Spirit Claws, Tunnel Trog, Totem Golem. And but then once you get to turn five, you still have Astro Drake. But after that, 
then it's different because you're not playing Thunderbolt Valiant, you're not playing Ragnaros, you're not playing Fire Elemental. Instead, you're playing uh, Lava Burst, you're playing Doomhammer, you're playing uh, Rockbiter still. So I feel like literally game is the same, right? You you just you just try to play the board, try to get ahead, and then after turn five, you use burst to burn down your opponents. Um, and I was pretty successful with it. Um, at some point, I sort of got sick of it too, and I switched to mid range, and then I had success with it too. And then other decks I play, I've been playing are just uh, Spell Druid, Mali Druid, um, little um, little bit of Mali Rogue, a little bit of Temple Mage. Yeah. And where where's your ranking right now? Well, this morning I was at about thirty seven, but I just uh, did poorly before we before this, so right now I'm at like one sixty one. I, I really and I'm that's for that, for people listening. That's like the legend rankings, not like ranks, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you got legend pretty early in the month. Like, how soon does that happen for you now? Um, uh, this month I think I made it on like the 14th or something. Usually half a month into it, I, I I can get there. And so, how many? As someone who's playing it very competitively, is trying to earn points. Like, how many games of Hearthstone would you say you play a day? A day. It varies a lot. Um, I have this, um, I try to pace myself. So before, I, ha- I guess I have three phases. First phase is start a month to rank five. At that point, I'll just play however much I could, however much I can, and just uh, get to rank five while not like uh, playing too much, getting too tilted. So try to advance like a few ranks a day. Once I get to rank five, then I try to do one rank a day. Uh, I don't want to try to play too much because then I get sick of the game. I get too tired and I just play worse. After I get to legend, then I try to win a couple of games a day to sort of inch towards top 100 or at least stay, stay at the same rank. Because again, I don't want to overstretch myself. I find myself tilting a lot when I play too much. So I would just want to make a little, I feel like a little bit of progress every day keeps me uh, more sane <laughs> than trying to grind. Like, a lot, I know a lot of players can just grind all day every day. Perhaps I'm too old for that. So I just try to pace myself and, you know, get a plus two win record every day to you know inch towards top 100 top 50 or whatever and and so what do you find is your like win rate just overall regardless of the deck you're playing like what are you shooting for and what tends to be the result like and realize it can vary day in day out but overall (laughs) throughout a month when i play serious decks and i'm playing at my best i would want to see at least 65 percent but usually i would want if I want to do some serious climbing, I usually have to be 70% or more. And so that is kind of outperforming the best deck, so to speak, by about 10 to 15% based on the numbers here. So that percentage is made up of kind of experience, skill, decision-making. Yeah, because at the high ranks, 
you have to maintain a very high win percentage because at that at that rank you you always lose much more from losses than you gain from wins always and I, it seems like even when you play against equally ranked players it, it's still always like that so but especially when you're like top 50 you're most like and most players are like below 500 and and now and towards ends up below 1000 you you just get matched up with a lot of players that are much much lower than you and and just you, the the um the amount you gain from a win is just so little compared to the amount that you lose so you always have to maintain such an insane win rate at that level in order to maintain a top 100 or, or top 50 finish so being someone, and I think you're in a unique position, and I've, I've heard other like podcasts and, and pe- people talk about this, just the ladder system, the fact that every month it resets, you're both a player who's gone through that grinder multiple times, um, but you're also in a unique position of putting together these data reports and kind of having statistics on what is actually happening on ladder. What, if any, changes do you think they should make to that process for both the professional players, the streamers, but then also the casual folks who are somewhat competitive but don't have the time, maybe the skill level to push to legend each season? Like, what tweaks do you think there should be? Well, before I started playing competitively, I I thought a month was too short. Um, But now I'm not sure. Now that I play competitively, I don't feel the same way anymore, although I'm just undecided now. And as for the ladder reset, I'm 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 not sure. I, I, again, before I was I would think the ladder reset was too much, like you drop too much. But then now, now I sort of don't know. Uh, I think it, it it is a very difficult thing to get right. I, I I do always rant about losing. You know, like I was saying, you have to maintain such an insane win rate at the top 100 level and and I always rant about losing so much ranking when I lose to players that are ranked much lower than me but at the same time I do realize from Blizzard's perspective it's a very difficult thing to get right um, sure. so I, I don't really know the answer I sort of like if, if you don't if you try to segregate the players like you try to have a less of a reset or like you get mashed up with players who finished the previous month at the same level as you. Like you have your your, your hidden MMR is used uh, before you get to legend. Then yeah, then your player pool is segregated, right? You you know you're you're very good players and then you're not so good players. But I feel like they want some mix in there. And for the heroic tavern brawl, I feel like. It what surprised me about Heroic Tavern Brawl was how many uh, casual players went into that, even though it was so expensive and yeah. it was so unlikely that they would get the money back. But and uh, you know these people would be only at like rank 15 on Legend, and they would still go in. And I think it's it's the the thrill of just playing against um, pro level players. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they know they will probably just like at best go three and three, and actually lose money in the process, they they rather pay that to for the thrill and the experience of playing against high level players. So 
so I guess because of that, Blizzard don't want to segregate the players too much. They do want the mix in there. Do you have stats from the Heroic Tavern Brawl? Is that something that you can put together in the future? Oh, uh, we do. We, we will have a... So if this airs on Thursday, then by that time... So the listeners now, by the time they, listen, they hear this, uh, we ha- we would have had our tav- Heroic Tavern Brawl report out. Awesome. And actually, we are... We sw- we are getting data from uh, Hearthstone Deck Tracker this time, and okay. so we're trying to see how that partnership works. You know, we have been w- using Tracklebot up until now, but people, players always uh, request, um, always ask about Hearthstone Deck Tracker because there are more players using Hearthstone Deck Tracker, and so this is kind of the first time that we are working with them. Okay. To see, uh, you know, see how it will work out. Very cool. So we will, we will produce a re- so a report is uh, basically about the same style as our weekly reports. So um, yeah. And were the Definitely same check decks? Were the same decks successful in Heroic Tavern Brawl, or there anything that jumped out that was unexpected? Uh, nothing too unexpected. Um, okay. It's mostly the same as. Uh, same as ladder. Um, there are a couple of things in there that that we that we are pointing out. So if you read the uh, the article, you'll see. Cool. I, I wonder, just as the you were talking several minutes ago about the new set and some of the things you're excited to try, I wonder what what do you think will be a good counter to just shaman sort of running roughshod and competitive play? What, what do you think of the new cards or classes will be best to answer what they what shaman has to offer um a lot of people have been looking at priest as an answer because of the dragon fire potion and that lines up pretty well against just about everything except for um thunder bluff valiant uh even kills thing from below so yeah i think that's a strong candidate uh it's already decent against miss shaman now but it's just um Freeze is just too weak against everything else. It's, it's sort of the same as Freeze Mage. Like, yeah, Freeze Mage is the hardest counter against uh, Midrange Shaman, but it just sucks so much against everything else that the, the latter would have to be uh, 50% Midrange Shaman for Freeze Mage to be viable. But even at like 30%, Freeze Mage is still not viable overall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Dragon Priest with the new tools, um, possibly can can do a little better. Than not not just against Midrange Shaman, but most importantly, overall against other things. Um, like it, it needs it needs to have good tempo, very good tempo, in order to not lose the combo. That's always Priest's weakness because Priest cannot go above thirty health. Like Control Warrior, it will always lose hard to Druid and and Rogue combos. So it needs to have enough tempo, like you mentioned earlier, to pressure the druid enough so that they have to spend their resources uh, surviving instead of, you know, hoarding cards to, to combo you down from 30. Right. So w- one of the last things I appreciate all the time you shared shared with me here today, um, one of the last things I had is just kind of thinking about the future of this data analysis and where it can go and how it could help both, you know, professional players and casual players. So... And some of these things are just maybe ideas I have that aren't realistic, but 
I wonder if there's a future where there's some kind of program that's running in the background and it's reading what cards you have in your hand and it can kind of tell you, okay, if you make this play right here, here's your win percentage. And if you make this play, here's this win percentage. And almost like you could have this real time, here's the best thing I can do right now. How likely is it for things to move in that direction? Or is that even a goal for you guys? It is possible, but it probably should not be a goal because um, you get into some dangerous territory of yeah, botting. That's kind of what I was thinking of, yeah. And, and Blizzard, uh, we know Blizzard is not going to like that. So, you know, we, we can do analysis on, say, uh, first couple of turns and like the win rate of each play. Like, say, you know, Midrange Shaman. What's your win percentage when you can open with Tunnel Truck going first? What about when you open with Spirit Claws going first? What if when you go second, you go uh, Tunnel Truck, or you go second and you open with Coin Totem Golem? What's the you know what are the win rates of all these different turn one plays? We can analyze that, but again, you know if we publish these numbers. It really, it, we get into dangerous territory, and I don't think Blizzard will like that. We, we, at best, we can sort of provide a mulligan guide based on these data. Mm -hmm. That's that's what that's what we can move towards. Um, we can do some mulligan guides based on data from like first couple of turns. After that, uh, it gets harder because then the board states become much more varied and. Even if it's possible, it would take a lot more data. And also, we would ha have to use, okay, Hearthstone Deck Tracker can track, it can track everything, uh, but Trackabot intentionally only tracks what cards are played. So we would have to use Hearthstone Deck Tracker data to recommend like board state plays or, or like, or just to know what cards you have in your hand. Although that might not be necessary in terms of re recommending plays, but um, we will still need a lot more data to to have any to be able to analyze meaningfully, uh, you know, turn by turn plays. And uh, but again, we, we we can't. I don't think we can um, publish number these numbers. Uh, it's just we don't uh, we don't want just just like Blizzard, I don't think we would want to automate plays for for our players. Sure. Well, and kind of in this no, and one of the I think the f favorite articles that you published uh, back in the summer was uh, on Fiery War Axe for Warrior, which is mm -hmm. often dubbed Fiery Win Axe. Um, mm -hmm. And what you looked at is kind of win rates based on if. Warrior starts the game with Fiery War Axe or doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the difference in win percentages was, you know, pretty interesting. I mean, it definitely increased the win percentage for, for Warrior against, I think, everything. Um, so is that the kind of analysis you're talking about, maybe doing more of that in the future? Uh, yeah, it'll be something similar to that. Okay. So how much contact uh, have you had with the folks at Blizzard, the people running Hearthstone, uh, since 
uh, your data report has kind of gained momentum over the months. Have there been any contact with the team over there? Just a little bit, nothing meaningful. I, I think they they mostly just keep in contact with um, content provide. I mean, I guess we are content producers, but but a little bit different in a different way. Mm-hmm. We have tried to talk to them about any collaboration on on data, but I, I don't think they have. We haven't heard much from them about it. So at the moment, we're, we're still. There's no, there's absolutely no cooperation with Blizzard. Uh, we just do our own thing as a third party. Yeah. So how is all this funded? How can people support you besides, you know, visiting the site and, you know, taking in the information? But uh, how can, what's the best way for fans of your work to, you know, try to chip in and keep it going? We do have a Patreon page. It is in. Uh, is linked throughout our website, uh, definitely in each report. Our viewers can go there and um, uh, become a patron. And we also just recently launched a store on Zazzo and where you can buy merchandise uh, like shirts and mouse pads, poker cards, that kind of stuff, but mo- most, mostly apparel. So there are a lot of... Um, products on, on Zazzo for apparel. So ranging from basic t-shirts to uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, um, men's and women's, uh, tank tops, uh, even uh, kids stuff, infant stuff, baby stuff. There's actually a lot. Like last time I checked, there were 157 different kind of um, apparels on, wow. on that site. Okay. So we haven't talked about it a lot, but... Um, we do want uh, people to be aware of the store, and 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 if they want to wear Vicious Syndicate gear, then they can go to the store and uh, buy from there. Yeah, and the logo is is really sweet. Um, it's like this Grim Reaper face. It's red, black, and white, and has the VS underneath with a kind of a scythe thing over its head. Who uh, who designed that? Nobody in house. I we we just found a uh, an artist to. Or an agency, I don't quite remember, to uh, okay. do the logo for us. Uh, it happened around the same time we started up the Data Reaper report, I think. Because like like I was saying, we were when Prozac and, and the days came into the company, you know, we were looking at ways to sort of pivot um, the organization, um, and so the, the the rebranding was was key part of that. Cool. And now, when you're not working for Vicious Syndicate, do you, do you have another job, or what? What's what? How did, else do you uh, keep busy? At the moment, I do not have another job. Um, I keep busy by trying to be competitive, trying to be a pro player. <laughs> yeah, excellent. And so far, how's that been going overall? Um, so I started playing competitively uh, in spring. Um, so starting in February, um, and I have. I did make uh, prelims both uh, spring and summer, but I lost pretty early both times. Mm. So so far, I'm I'm satisfied with my progress, uh, going from like a nobody to making prelims. But I do want to actually get somewhere in prelims and just not uh, lose very early. So hopefully, starting um, this new year, I can do better. 
Yeah, and so this is kind of a silly question, but in term besides winning a game, like what what's kind of your favorite mechanic or favorite thing to pull off in Hearthstone? Like just finding enjoyment in it as a player. I I actually really like um, board oriented decks or games. Um, my first favorite deck um, in at least since beta. Was Zoo. It was the first deck that I got Legend with a long time ago. So it was Zoo, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I just like controlling the board, um, having stuff on the board, and you know being the uh, be the aggressor and and dictating the tempo of the game. I oftentimes find myself struggling with the play style of combo or control decks because. With those decks, you're just drawing, you're trying to answer the board, you're hoarding cards for combos or, or, or answers. And I enjoy just playing minions onto the board more than having to play defensively. But I, I, I mean, as a pro player, I do have to play whatever is best. So if control is best, I still have to bend my will and, 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 and play that way just to get results. Yeah, I'm with you. I like playing kind of the aggressive to mid-range decks where you're putting stuff on the board, you're kind of making smart trades, but you're kind of sitting back and waiting. It just doesn't appeal to my sensibilities. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I don't have the time for those for those decks, as we were talking about before. So, awesome. I really appreciate all your time. Uh, where can people find you online if they have like follow-up questions or just want to you know say thanks for the work you're doing? How can they reach you? I am on Twitter at Phenom23. That's pretty much where my uh, public presence. I do have Twitch account, but I don't stream. So, um, but if you see me in Twitch chat somewhere, then you could recognize me. It's the same username, uh, Phenom23. Um, but otherwise, just, um, you know, visit viciousyndicate.com, become a patron, uh, buy our merchandise. And uh, that way you support Vicious Syndicate, you support me. Yeah, and I'm happily a, a patron, I'm a supporter of Vicious Syndicate. So thank you for uh, the awesome reports that you put out each week. Uh, I'm excited to see what's in store for future content from the site. And uh, I might have to pick up a sweatshirt or something, a hoodie. That'd be uh, pretty cool yeah, to, yeah. to be sporting that in the future. Um, so good luck the remaining days of this season. And uh I wish you uh, well on the ladder each month going forward. Thank you very much. Sure, thank you.